It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the mind of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. Mr. Kevin Baxter is with you as well. Welcome to December, boys and girls, December 4th. Monday night we're recording uh, right here from Corner of the Galaxy Studios. Kevin is on the road uh, traveling a little bit within Southern California here. And so he'll be joining us on the phone, which is uh, not always normal, but on occasion we do it. Uh, so let's hope for uh, for good reception and, and lots of fun. But uh, first, let's check in with our intrepid, quirky reporter, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, thanks for stopping by, buddy. I'm mobile. I'm on the road. I'm coming from Cal State Long Beach, where I spoke to a journalism class tonight. And, you know, when I, I get out, I do some college, I don't want to say college appearances. That's too big a deal. <laughs> I go to college and talk to classes occasionally. And I'm always amazed at the number of, of kids, uh, college age and below who are soccer fans you talk to them about soccer and they're very knowledgeable and they follow the game very closely and it's you know people talk about whether soccer is going to be the most popular sport in america and i don't know how close that is but we had a show of hands how many people consider soccer to be their first most favorite sport and it was the majority of the class and so you know that kind of bodes well for the future Sunil galati who was the president of u.s while well, still is president of u.s soccer teaches a class at columbia he measures soccer popularity by the number of students who show up to the class with wearing soccer jerseys. And he said that he's noticed a big uptick in that as well. So I guess we're headed in the right direction. Uh, that's, that's good. I'm, are we on the front of the wave here, Kevin? Are we, are we paving the way for the future podcasters and writers to come in and make tons and tons of money covering soccer? We are on the bleeding edge. And, you know, it's, it's different for me because, um, you know, I, I did not I, I graduate with Abraham. but He was years ahead of me in high school. So I'm an old guy. Um, and, uh, you know, soccer has definitely captured the imagination of young people. You look at the number of, of millennial fans, you look at the number of people, um, you know, at a young age, you know, there are more kids now going in to play soccer, uh, high school age and below playing soccer now, uh, than they're playing football. And that has to do with, uh, you know, their parents are millennials who are soccer fans. It has to do with the concussion rates in football, but definitely the sport is growing. Another interesting thing though, and you're not going to like this. Um, when I asked the class how many of them were soccer fans and they got the majority of hands, and I asked how many were MLS fans or fans of the European League, that, that did not go well for you. I, I, Most I, of them are uh, fans of European League. Gee, there's a big surprise. Uh, nobody can be yeah. bothered to watch MLS. You know what, Kevin? Watching soccer is better at 7 o'clock in the morning, all right, at 7 a.m., than it is at, like, you know, 8 o'clock uh, on the evenings. That's what, that's what I think those kids fall into a lot. But anyway, yeah. No, I think you're right. It's oh. growing. It's all sorts of interesting stuff. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's still, we're still not there yet here in terms of the, the, the popularity of Major League Soccer in the United States. By the way, speaking of uh, international soccer, I missed the World Cup draw on Friday. What group did the U.S. get drawn into? Who are they grouped with? They're in Group L, I believe. That would be that. That would be losers. They they didn't make yeah, they're it. They're with Italy, Italy and Chile, probably in that group. <laughs> I was gonna say the group of death, right? Because they all died already. That's how that's how it yes. works. 
Yes, all right. So, uh, anyway, back to the LA Galaxy. Not a ton of news that's been breaking lately, Kevin, but we do have some updates for people. Uh, again, as I always say to Kevin, I don't know how long we're going to go with these shows, but somehow they always end up longer than I think they're going to be. But uh, we do have a couple topics we want to get to, talking some more a little bit about Jermaine Jones, who doesn't seem to be going away quietly. Uh, Giassi's artist, uh, Joao Pedro, and possibly Dos Santos Brothers, all topics of consideration here as we continue on in this particular show, uh, as well as maybe some LA Galaxy 2 news that may or may not ever relate to the senior team, but we're going to give it to you anyway. So, Kevin, let's start with the topic that you wanted to talk about the most, because you and I had dinner. I think we should pull the curtain, pull back the curtain a little bit. You and I had dinner last night. Um, we traveled up to your house. You have a wonderful dinner. Your wife is an excellent cook, and I like her way more than I like you. Um, <laughs> most it's, people do. Yeah, most people do. I was going to say, it's not even close. But anyway, you said you wanted to talk about Jermaine Jones. Um, I said I have talked about it, so I, I mean, we go back to Jermaine Jones's comments, all the things that sort of he's made, and now apparently he has, it looks like a real Instagram live show on Tuesdays where it's actually being recorded from the studio and everything else. Uh, uh, maybe Jermaine Jones is trying to take my job, Kevin. I, I have no idea. Well, uh, before we get onto that, you talked about we had dinner last night. I happen to have dinner almost every night, so I don't know why that was a big deal for you. <laughs> we had dinner together. That was, that was unusual. And we found out that we are apparently twin brothers who were separated at birth because we are almost exactly the same. Yes. As we went over things like uh, preferences for travel, the fav our favorite seats on Southwest Airlines planes. Yes. Um, it was very, very interesting. But, um, I, yeah, I think when, when I talked to Ziggy a week ago, um, he gave me every indication that he was very high on, on Jermaine Jones, very high on bringing him back, even though that they had that picked up the option on his contract. It, it seemed to be, without him saying it, it seemed to be a dollars and cents thing. They wanted him back. They didn't want him back at 700000 So um, he seemed to be in their plans, and he seemed to be very high on Ziggy's wish list. Um, but once – I don't know how Jermaine Jones was surprised by this um, because, I mean, like everyone could see it coming. The Galaxy simply were not going to pick up that option. When it happened, though, Jermaine went kind of crazy. He lost his mind and went on uh, social media, ripping the fans, ripping the organization – um, it was it was uh, it was a a Trumpian tweet fest. Um, he's backed down from some of that and apologized for some of it, but uh, I think there were a few things that were said that there's no coming back from. And so now he's got his uh, his radio show, his, his uh, Instagram cast, whatever you want to call it. I, and, and in talking to one Galaxy uh, employee today, and I, I wouldn't really want to say an official, but the Galaxy seems to be kind of wrapping their arms around the fact that Jermaine is retired um, and that uh, he's probably not going to be coming back. Yeah. At least that's the reading I got from that. Yeah, I know. It, it's tough. You sort of have to look. I mean, you and I have both talked, Kevin, and I've said this before. I said it on a previous podcast. I was convinced he was coming back, and I said, hey, that may upset some people, but he, he's coming back, and then he makes these comments. It really seems like he's burned the bridge. Um, I had somebody told me, I, uh, some, somebody told me it looks like he burns bridges everywhere he goes, and that's sort of why he quickly moves from one team to the next and onward and, and continues down, uh, you know, those paths. And so you, you, maybe you can understand. If the Galaxy don't re-sign him, which I now don't expect him to, uh, if he doesn't end up playing somewhere else, which I think would be a stretch. He was talking about maybe going to Liga MX. I don't know if that's a possibility for him. Um, but regardless, it looks like the Galaxy are done with Jermaine Jones now. So if you want to, you can definitely watch him on Instagram Live. It seems like on uh, on Mondays now. Maybe Tuesday. Maybe he's going to talk every day for the next seven to 21 days. I have no idea. But anyway, Jermaine Jones looks like he's transitioning away from soccer and maybe getting into radio or or, or Instagram Live 
ish stuff. So that's interesting. Well, one of the things he's done is he's gone from team to team. I don't think he's ever been warm and fuzzy in the clubhouse and the dressing room. I don't think he's a guy that, uh, you know, there are some teammates that really like him, obviously, but I don't know that he's necessarily the guy that can wrap a team around him uh, and get them all on the same page. But when Jermaine goes in and has these great seasons, like he took New England to the MLS Cup final one year, um, a sensational season, and turned that team around. He did the same to a large degree in Colorado, but when the season is over, um, I think Jermaine, it seems to me, winds up with a little bit of an inflated image of, of how much he should be back for and how much he's worth. And I don't, and I don't begrudge somebody trying to get what they think they're worth, but you know, I don't know that he necessarily understands how the MLS salary cap hinders that. He spent, remember, he spent his whole life in Europe. Um, he grew up in Europe. He started playing in the Bundesliga. He's used to the uh, big money teams and big and big money leagues. And I just don't know that he necessarily understands that they have to fit all these players under a salary cap. Yeah, and he was not very high on Major League Soccer whenever he uh, decided to go on his little rant anyway in the same sort of, you know, hey, I blame the fans for not supporting, you know, the team. They just support the big players in Los Angeles. Whenever he said that, you know, you made some people. But he also said that, you know, he's not high on MLS right now because they can't afford to really do anything. And I, I, honestly, I think he has. Listen, with anything Jermaine says, there's always, I feel, like a little tinge of something that's probably true, but it just never gets communicated very well. And then, you know, that those things all sort of fall apart eventually. So, I mean, that's that's where I look at how Jermaine communicates and how he talks. I mean, he's a guy who kind of goes into, even whenever he was talking to reporters, Kevin, he would go into sort of a defensive position anytime he would go uh, he would he would go in front of, you know, the scrum and have to answer questions after a game. He was always very much, uh, you know, defensive or, or maybe more offensive where, you know, he would go back at reporters and, and question reporters and think that everybody was trying to nail him down for one reason or another so um, just he's an interesting guy that's uh, that's really all I'm gonna say more about him he's an interesting guy uh, I think that he was a disaster for the galaxy this year and it wasn't so much on the field I think on the field he was actually um, you know okay I said pretty good on a, on a podcast and people like scoffed at that I would say that when he played well, especially under Siggy towards the end, he was actually, uh, you know, a, a not horrible player. Um, but he also had several instances of uh, maybe giving up on the team, uh, certainly in the Atlanta United game. And I also think that uh, in the locker room, he was a complete disaster for the for the club, uh, especially probably for Curtin Alfo, if, if nobody else. So um, having said all that, if the Galaxy can break ways with him and, and go in a different direction, I think that would be their best option. And it seems like that's the option, uh, at least right now, that everybody's sort of headed to. Yeah, I believe that the Galaxy now, um, the, the working assumption right now, I think, is that they believe that he's retired. Hey, works for me. All right, let's go on to uh, another player that uh, has been, of course, hitting the headlines on Twitter and being talked about. Um, it's a guy we told you was being shopped over the summer, Giassi Zardes, uh, possibly even shopped at the beginning of the year. I, he may have been shopped the entire season, Kevin, and so far they haven't found the deal that uh, they want. Uh, at least the LA Galaxy one, but they are still apparently in the process of trying to shop Giassi Zardes, um, which I don't think is a surprise to too many people, but I, I wonder where they think they're going to get the value for him. As he was at another uh, futsal court opening in uh, in somewhere in Los Angeles, in, the, in Los Angeles County, and had another mural painted of him. Um, you know, every time they paint another mural of him, Kevin, I think his price goes up in the, in the eyes of the LA Galaxy, but that doesn't mean anything to anybody else. Well, I heard some talk on social media. If the Galaxy are shopping him, 
why is he still showing up at all these public events? Well, a couple of reasons. First, they're shopping him. That doesn't mean they've gotten rid of him yet. So he's still a member of the LA Galaxy. Um, I don't know that this necessarily uh, is something that impacts uh, Giassi, but a lot of those players are paid uh, for their appearances. That's why you see a base salary and a, a total compensation package. So that could be part of it. Um, but another, you know, Giassi is great in the community and um, he may not have delivered on the field this year, but he is a great, a great ambassador in the community uh, for, you know, at risk and underprivileged kids and stuff. He's tremendous. Um, and uh, so that will, if he is shot, that will be missed. The fact that he's out there doing those things is not surprising. So that part will be missed. But I talked to someone today that goes back to um, the previous administration when Kernan Alpha was still coach. And if you remember at that time, they were talking about trading him to Real Salt Lake. Um, and I was told that at, at the time that there were people that said, if you can make that trade, let's do it straight up. Let's get this thing done. That they felt like Giassi just wasn't going to come back from whatever it was that was bothering him. And as we know, that trade didn't get made. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they're still trying to move him. Um, but you're right. I mean, what, at, at what value do they move him and what do they get back for him? And do they have to, uh, you know, do they have to give money back? They certainly have a lot of money to play with. Do they have to give money back as part of that deal? Because Giassi owed a certain amount of money. Um, I know that I talked to, uh, well, I did talk to some uh, East Coast teams, and they told me the team I spoke to said that they uh, they personally did not have any interest in Chelsea, but they knew of two or three other teams that did, and they, 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 they said that it's, you know, common knowledge about MLS that the Galaxy are listening to offers for Chelsea's artists. Well, it seems like, and, and while that's not a surprise, again, um, it just it's going to be interesting to see where they can finally get something. Or like you said, maybe they're going to have to pay. Uh, he has a, a large salary in terms of a, you know, a homegrown player that has money that isn't necessarily capped. Um, and then you also have uh, targeted allocation money that he was paid this year. So that does count. And there's all sorts of weird things that go on whenever you have a homegrown player that's, played tam, that's paid TAM and... Uh, unfortunately, he's probably the success of the LA Galaxy Academy, but he's not an Academy player. He was there for such a small amount of time, so you can't even give, give him to that. But he's worth, again, so much more to the LA Galaxy in terms of having his home field, um, you know, growing up, being the local kid, and, you know, being able to go out into the community. I don't see the way for the Galaxy ever to get any sort of value out of him. And if that value, um, you know, if they can get something maybe that's what they just have to take and they have to eat salary or whatever they have to do. Something is going to have to change if they want to move Giassi's artists. If they don't want to move them, if they're not really that invested, and it sort of seemed like the last administration, Kevin, uh, wasn't exactly willing to pull the trigger on some of these things because they probably didn't see the value that they thought they, they should, um, you know, it gets to the point where what are you going to do with them if he's not going to play? And I was told by, a, by somebody close to the team, um, it one of maybe part of some of the the former coaching staffs that you know Giassi's artist probably just had a confidence issue, and you could probably work him back into shape. But where does he fit into this lineup? Is his best place midfield? And if it is midfield, the Yellow Galaxy have about thirty midfielders that they could have. It, it certainly wasn't at striker this year. And if it is just a confidence issue, do you does a change of scenery totally revive him? And then you trade him, Kevin, and he comes back to haunt you. Now, one of the things I think I need to say is uh, you and I both uh, use the word sources tell us and we've heard from people and we use that pretty liberally and, and uh, that's really not a good journalistic technique. <clears throat> if someone wants to tell you something, they should put the name behind it. But the reason, if anyone's wondering, the reason we do that is 
especially with the galaxy, they are in complete paranoid hunker down mode. And I know both you and I will talk to people and they will say, uh, you know, we'll say, we're hearing this, we're hearing that. And they'll say, yeah, you didn't get it from me. Or I can't talk about that, but that sounds right. Um, so no, the problem is nobody really wants to go out and talk on the record about some of this stuff. So we're doing the best we can trying to put together what seems to be uh, what's happening when nobody will just come right out and say, yes, we're treating Jesse's artists tomorrow and here's who we're going to get back to work. So what we're trying to do is give you guys out there listening, we're just trying to give you the best picture that we can. I will say this about Jesse. I, I don't think that he's done. I really don't. Um, and I, I think he had a little bit of success and felt a little bit better working with Dominic. I thought some of that was working for him. Um, and then when he was with Bruce and Dave Sarakin uh, with the U.S. national team, um, I thought it really found something. And so what that tells me is that Giassi has not necessarily lost it. You're right. It could be a confidence problem. It could be, a, um, you know, they're not using him in the right way. When he had the success with the national team, uh, he was playing uh, as a midfielder, uh, wasn't playing as a striker, which is how the Galaxy used him. That might have had something to do with it. So I, I don't necessarily think that Giassi is done. Uh, I just think that he needs to be in a different situation. And so, and I think the Galaxy probably realizes that too. Look, this guy is not going to do well here. We can't play him. We can't keep him at this price. So we're going we're gonna to move him, and that might work best for everyone. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he stays in the league or if he possibly goes even overseas somewhere. I know that was the talk at one point. So uh, that's another player who is being shopped, a, a new name that has sort of popped up and not one I have very much knowledge on, Kevin. I don't think you do either, but we wanted to make sure that we put this out there for you is that there are reports on social media as well that say the LA Galaxy aren't just shopping Giassi's artists, but they're shopping a whole bunch of people, including Joao Pedro. Joel Pedro obviously required uh, or acquired in the offseason uh, for targeted allocation money, which ended up being a transfer fee, which I guess you could say is defined anywhere between six hundred and six hundred and fifty thousand dollars and one point two five million dollars. And it lies somewhere in there. Uh, we don't know the exact numbers, but it, the, the narrative on it right now sounds like it's closer to six hundred and fifty thousand dollars than it ever was to a million. But nonetheless, Galaxy spent some money in order to do that. And Joel Pedro only making about, I think, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Kevin, it's not a ton of money in terms of salary. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that with the Galaxy having about a billion midfielders, that they are again shopping another midfielder, uh, and this time it being Joao Pedro. And maybe they're not even shopping him. Maybe he's just getting some interest from around the league, which sort of could be uh, that as well. But why Why would the Galaxy even think about moving Joao Pedro if they went out and got this young kid who they were sure um, you know, was going to be the midfielder of the future for them? Well, I think everything that we were told last year, you have to now either dismiss totally or take with a huge grain of salt. I mean, when they got Sal Pedro, um, he, he basically was the second coming of Grace Iniesta. He was going to be the, the greatest untapped potential in, in MLS history. I mean, they, they really oversold the guy, and he it was uh, unfortunate for him because he could never live up to the to the hype. Um, and then when we found, and that's I think one reason why everyone overestimated his salary because they were talking him up like he was this great player and. Uh, he, you know, he was okay. He needs to grow into the league a little bit. He's a young guy. Um, I, I sort of made a pledge that I wasn't going to chase a lot of rumors, and this one I don't know a lot about. But it doesn't seem it, it. You can make a case for it, and you can make a case against it. Here's the case I would make for it: Ziggy is trying to put together his team. He inherited Kurt Anopo and Pete Vianus's team, um, and now he wants to put together his team. And even though when we had a conversation, he told me that my um, 
assumption that he was a guy who liked older veteran players, uh, much like Bruce Arena did. He tried to put a, uh, he tried to belie that and tell me that uh, named all the young players that he had signed, like Jordan Morris and DeAndre Yedlin. And I still see those as the outliers. And I, I think that uh, Ziggy went to a young team. I mean, went to an older, a veteran team. I think he's going to be very active on, in the uh, waiver draft. I think he's going to be very active in free agency uh, next week. Um, so Jao Pedro does not fit that profile. I think that's one thing. But then the other thing is, another rumor that we're going to get to in a minute, is uh, we know Jermaine Jones, or we assume Jermaine Jones now is, is gone. That the Galaxy's decided he's retired. But then there's um, you know, some talk that makes it sound as if the Los Santos brothers uh, may be uh, guys that the Galaxy have, have talked about moving or let, let, let teams know that they'll take offers. So if you've already got rid of your, uh, your Jermaine Jones, who's been holding this for quite a bit, and then you get if you're talking about getting rid of Jonathan Dos Santos, because the Santos brothers, my understanding is they go as a package deal, then why get rid of the other guy who plays that position? Why get rid of all three of your guys who can play, uh, you know, as deep midfielder? That doesn't seem to make sense, and I think that's a problem the Galaxy should have learned from when they got rid of all of their defenders last year and then wound up having to play a, a midfielder at uh, right back in the first game of the season. So uh, if all these wheels are actually moving, all this, this stuff is in play, I think Gio Pedro stays because he's a good insurance policy if they do make all those moves, and he's not that expensive. Yeah, I mean, that that's sort of where it comes down to for me, Kevin, is he doesn't cost that much money. Um, I guess if you could find some good value for him, maybe you could move him. This is what I think the Galaxy are doing, Kevin, and, and you know, I'll get your opinion on this, but it, it seems to me that everybody's for sale right now, and it's, you know, outside of, I'm sure there's a couple people. I don't think Sebastian Legette is going anywhere. I don't think Roman Alessandrini is going anywhere. Um, outside of that, I'm not sh- so sure that there is anybody else that you, you know, aren't considering either not bringing back or, or at least being open and available to a trade or to a move. And so when you look at, you know, the LA Galaxy roster currently with 13 players on it, possibly with 15 of both Ashley Cole and Baggio Husidic come back. Um, so if you if you think of that in terms of how many spaces they have to fill and they're looking for flexibility, we said it over and over again, Kevin, with with the absolute, you know, the, the numbers of midfielders that you could move one or two of those guys and you could still do something with, uh, you know, with the remaining midfielders and still be... I think plenty well stacked up, but the the Dos Santos brothers being shopped, and you know we talked about this earlier in terms of possibly being on a loan. We're not talking about a loan now. We're talking about an outright sale, and it, you know maybe it makes some sense. Maybe, and and we've certainly talked about it. Is that you know possibly offloading Giovanni Dos Santos would be, I think, a positive for the LA Galaxy, not only opening up a designated player spot, uh, but also getting rid of five point five million dollars that only scored three goals from the run of play last year. Um, if they could do that, that's great. But we all know that if you're going to move one Dos Santos brother, you're probably going to have to move the other one with them. And so if they go, the LA Galaxy suddenly have a lot more options. And I think sometimes that's a good thing. And if you're already going to have to fill 17 roster spots, Kevin, why not make it you know 19 and now you have two designated player spots open as well? But if all that stuff happens, it has to happen relatively quickly, or at least the deals have to be in place relatively quickly, because then the Galaxy will be, have to go out and try to replace two designated players with two other designated players, with Siggy Schmidt being fairly adamant, Kevin, that he wants all of those players ready to go on January 22nd whenever the LA Galaxy report to StubHub Center for physicals in the start of their 2018 preseason training. Yeah, he has made that uh, 
perfectly clear that everyone needs to be there. And um, I, I think there is a lot going on. I think one of the reasons he says that is he does. There's already been high turnover. And you remember that with about five games to go, Ziggy told everyone they were playing for their jobs. And he said, most of you or many of you, I don't remember the exact language, but will not be back. So he knew that this was going to be a fairly substantial house cleaning. I do think they're shopping just about everybody. Maybe not actively. I understand they're actively shopping Diossi. They maybe have just told people, hey, if you want to talk about the Dos Santos brothers, we'll probably take your call. It may be something as uh, you know gentle as that, where they aren't trying to push them out the door, but if you knock our socks off, we'll, we'll listen to your deal. But I think, you know, again, Ziggy wants to have his team, and this was not his team, and he doesn't like the way that the puzzle fits together. I was with John Thorington from LAFC today talking about how he's putting his team together, and he used the analogy of, you know, it's a puzzle, and you think about, okay, if I go and get this player, this midfielder, does he fit with this forward, and how about the defenders behind him? So you make one, you sign one player, but there are three things you have to consider before you sign that player. And, uh, you know, the Galaxy, that's stupid. I'm sure they're doing that, too. I'm sure they're thinking that, okay, if we have two designated player spots, where do we go with those spots? Who do we sign? How do they fit in? And so we're going to have a huge turn turnover in this roster, right? There's going to be a lot of churn. Uh, and Ziggy needs to put these guys together, and he needs to get some, some chemistry with these guys early. So... If he's bringing in 15 new players, which looks like it's going to happen regardless of what happens to those Santos brothers, um, he needs to get everybody on the same page. He needs to find character guys, guys that fit together, and I think that's where you're going to see him go to some people that played with him in Columbus, that played with him in Seattle, veteran players. Um, again, the waiver draft, I think, is going to be big for the Galaxy. That's just my sense. Back to those Santos brothers, again, I need to say again, even though we're trafficking in rumors again, I really don't like uh, doing that because it never seems to work in MLS, especially with the Galaxy. Anybody who's ever seen a soccer ball is at some point linked to the Galaxy because they are the biggest club and the richest club traditionally they have been in MLS. The reason that we've been talking about the Santos brothers is it started as a whisper about six weeks ago and started as a whisper where their father was talking about uh, delivering an ultimatum to the Galaxy that the Galaxy brought in another Mexican player as a designated player, uh, that he was going to try to get his sons traded or, or signed or transferred to a Mexican league team. Um, you're starting to hear more people talking about that. Whether it's all the same rumor or whether there's stronger rumors, I don't know. I do know that Juan Carlos Osorio is not happy with those guys being in MLS. I do know that he wants his top players for the World Cup team playing in Europe or at the very least playing in Mexico where he can see them, where he thinks the quality of play is a little bit higher. And I do know that both Los Santos brothers want to be a big part of the Mexican national team. So you can certainly make an argument that it benefits the Los Santos brothers for this to happen. You can certainly see how it can benefit um, the Galaxy for it to happen. So is there enough will to get it done? Are people going to make the, the concessions that are going to have, to have to happen to get it done? And at this point, we really don't know whether the Galaxy are really serious about this, whether they want to move those guys, because... For better or for worse, whether you love the Dos Santos or not, they are the core of the team right now, along with Nelson Sandrini and hopefully a, uh, a healthy Sebastian Jeff. So if you get rid of these guys, it's not just you fill two positions on the team. That's kind of the core of the team. That's the, you know, it's right at the spine of your team, and they already don't have a goaltender, and they're essentially trying to break in two new center backs. So it's, it's, uh, it's a dicey proposition. Yeah, it is. It's going to be, uh, again, it, we'll just see how it all plays out. 
Um, this is uh, this is right in peak rumor time, Kevin. Not a lot of things can happen right now. Uh, not a lot of tr- you can't. I don't think you can do trades. You can't do transfers yet. So all that stuff is is not available to anybody yet. But it is coming up in the very near future. And I think I've given everybody the dates many times. But I'll do it again um, in terms of just looking at the the half day trade window that opens up on December tenth. Um, and then all of a sudden you go right back in, uh, you know, for you get a four hour window, which is hysterical to me, Kevin. But you get a four hour window, you get to trade people, you could do whatever you want for four hours, and then everything shuts down again. And then it kicks right into December 12th with the MLS expansion draft, where LAFC will be picking five players uh, total from the entire league and only one player max per team. So it's unlikely to me that the Galaxy will be affected in this. Um, and then you go into free agency beginning right after the expansion draft. The LA Galaxy should be active in free agency. They have the first pick in the waiver draft. They have the first pick in the first and second stages of the re-entry draft. And then you get into the MLS Super Draft where the LA Galaxy have the second overall pick behind LAFC. So all of these things are building. You have 17 roster spots open right now. The Galaxy don't have, barely have enough to field a full team, and they don't have guys in certain positions. Uh, you might have to call Mike McGee back in order to get him to play goalkeeper, take him out of retirement. But it's, it's just... This is all leading to something, and so the rumors, the things about Giassi Zardes, the things about the Dos Santos brothers, about Joao Pedro, all these things are going to have answers as we get closer and closer, and again, only uh, 49 days. I know people have been laughing, but when you think about it, we started at like 70-something days, I think 75 days whenever I first did my countdown, and we're already at 49 days until the MLS preseason starts. So the LA Galaxy are on that track to trying to figure some of these things out, and they will have to be active, Kevin. There isn't a, there's no choice in the matter for them. They have to do something because they don't have enough players to field the team yet. So you know there's going to be moves. You know there's going to be additions. I mean, I would guess right now you can count on 15 new additions at least right now from what they have uh, currently on the roster. Well, and, and Ziggy said that one of the things about all these transaction windows coming up is as MLS players get uh, moved from team to team to the waiver draft and free agency, Ziggy said that's historically been a place where you can get good goalkeepers. So I think that's, that's what they're waiting for. Obviously, you know, MLS teams do not, with the exception of Tim Howard and maybe Brad Gasson, they don't spend a lot of money in VP uh, spots on goalkeepers. So You'll see that the Galaxy with a full allotment of goalkeepers by the end of next week. What they do with the rest of the stuff may depend on all the other, all these other moves they're talking about. And, you know, again, I do expect Ziggy to, to, uh, to have his team start camp on January uh, 21st, 22nd, and I expect it to look totally different from last year's team. Um, and so I think he's wise to uh, at least put viewers out there. In fact, that's all that's happening to say, you guys interested in Giovanni Dos Santos? Make us an offer, you know? Um, but the, 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 the Jardis thing seems to be moved a little beyond that, I think. Uh, yeah. Mentally and, and philosophically, I think the Galaxy uh, have already decided that he's going to be in uniform. Yeah, it's, it, again, that's the one that sort of everybody's keeping an eye on. I will say this as well, Kevin, that whenever you look at Siggy Schmidt and what he's trying to do, I, I will I will just sort of hypothesize that he wasn't the most um, popular person in the locker room towards the end of the year. I would say that uh, a lot of players weren't real fans of his down the stretch. And so what can you do if you're a coach and a lot of guys don't like you? Um, well, if you're in charge of player personnel decisions, you can go ahead and get rid of most of them. Uh, and then you can build a team who's happy to be there and got brought on coming to play for you. And that's why they're there. So I would expect that the locker room sentiment sort of changes a little bit and that everybody will be very happy with Siggy Schmidt here whenever it comes to uh, the beginning of the season, or at least the majority of it. 
being the majority of the roster is being turned over. So uh, again, another little tidbit there of uh, of trying to see exactly what's what's happening here with the LA Galaxy. Um, are you good with that, Kevin? You good with talking about players shopped? Anything else you want to add? No, no. I just think that uh, Dickie's putting his uh, stamp on the team for better or for worse, and and um, uh, you know, no excuses this year. We're, this time we have a, a philosophy from the start. It's not one sort of thrown together by committee. Um, Ziggy's in charge. His son is the chief scout, player personnel guy. Um, so at least we know where the buck stops this time around. I don't think we ever felt that way last year. Yeah, I said the same thing. You'll know who to you'll know who to blame this year. All right, there's going to be two guys. They're in charge of the player personnel. You could blame those guys uh, whenever everything uh, goes sideways, or they get all of the credit if it all goes well. So uh, two sides of the coin there. Uh, a little tease here. I have heard the LA Galaxy will and are more than likely to announce their preseason schedule, their 2018 preseason schedule, the majority of that schedule, because there's going to be some other things that I'm sure pop up as we go along. But the the 2018 preseason schedule should be coming in the next couple of days. Um, Right now, we told you well, well before uh, any of this announcement was coming that, uh, Kevin, you told everybody it was likely the LA Galaxy would end up in Tucson for a time. Um, I think that that still plays in very nicely with all this stuff, so that that makes 100% sense in terms of that. And then I would expect multiple games uh, in Southern California. Um, I can give you a lot more information on Corner of the Galaxy as soon as the schedule is released, but uh, that's sort of where we sit right now. I I think if you're a season ticket holder, um, you will be happy with the number of games that they're playing, Um, and I also think that you'll be happy with the availability of those games and and when those are going to be played. So I know that's cryptic, uh, but sometimes that's as close as I can get to it without uh, burning any bridges, so just pay attention. The LA Galaxy's preseason schedule is coming. You should have it by the end of the week at the very, very latest. Um, In fact, it was we were uh, we were hopeful uh, at one point that it was even going to come out any, a little bit sooner than that. But uh, right now, this week seems like a good, as good a week as any, Kevin, to go ahead and announce that preseason schedule. Um, the other part can of that, we, yeah, go can ahead. We talk about can we talk about the preseason friendly with Byron Munich, or is that part of that blackout? <laughs> about? Oh, don't you uh, wish, Kevin? You're you're going to get I, it. Everybody's going to be like, oh, I'm. This is awesome. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Yes. Well, I, I will say, you know, Ziggy had, as we talked about before, Ziggy always took the team on the road from Seattle. He brought them down to Southern California, in fact, and always played a game with the Galaxy. They would generally spend their their uh, uh, winter camp at uh, Mount Sac. And Ziggy told me uh, last week that one of the reasons he does that is that he thinks that it's a good way to build chemistry, that you get the players away from their family, away from taking the trash out, paying the cable bill, and all those things they do in their home. And they focus just on each other. They focus on the team. And they focus on building chemistry. And so when you look at what Ziggy said last week, in the light of what seems to be happening this week with this great churn in the roster, um, it makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, obviously Ziggy knew that there was going to be a big turnover. He knew that a while ago. So decided to take the team on the road um, so that the new players get to meet the old players and everyone gets on the same page. And it, I think it just speeds along the camaraderie and the, and the friendship and the chemistry that you need. And, so, I, I, you know, give Ziggy credit if, if, in fact, this is all part of the master plan. Uh, it's something that he's thought uh, about well in advance. Seems to be sort of putting everything together right now. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's all uh, that's where it's all pointed, and everything uh, seems to be headed in that direction. All right. Uh, the other reminder that I want to give you is that the LA Galaxy will, of course, be releasing a new home kit this year. So that's something you're going to want to pay attention to in terms of the off season uh, off season or the the preseason uh, schedule of events that's coming out, and that there also will likely be another season ticket member event, just like they had last year, which involved the uh, player announcements and a town hall meeting um, that was more than interesting. And Corner of the Galaxy was there and we recorded the show from that particular uh, event, and I would expect that that is also going to happen again this year and also be in addition to these preseason announcements that are probably coming here in the next couple of days. So keep your ears peeled and, and sort of pointed in that direction if that's something that you're interested in, um, and hopefully Corner of the Galaxy will be there again this year, and we maybe we can do another show from uh, from that particular event uh, whenever it comes up. So that would, that, would, that would be great because it gives the fans a chance to see us in person and figure out definitively why we're on the podcast and not on TV. <laughs> That's right. Faces made for uh, for podcasting or for radio. Absolutely, Kevin. And, and maybe this time you can show up because last time I think you had to go out of town um, and so you I were was with Robbie Rogers somewhere. Probably. I'm sure. I'm sure you were absolutely because he wasn't there. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, no. So so we'll be doing that. Um, we are still. We've had to move. I think we were trying to do a, a an off season event, Kevin, and we were trying to do it during the holiday season and sort of do a holiday party. I think we're going to do it after the new year now because there were a bunch of conflicts and got a bunch of feedback on that. So I will put that together again in the next couple of weeks. We'll have that nailed down. Um, and then the other part of that is that I, I also am still in the process of possibly. Uh, getting some uh, Corner of the Galaxy scarves made. Uh, in fact, I think the design is done. Um, I think all I have to do is pay the money now, which is uh, it might might give me a slight heart attack whenever I do it, but we'll, uh, I think we'll have those as well for the beginning of the season. So that seems like that's all going down. And as soon as I have details on that and what those are going to look like, as soon as I have them in my sweet hands, you, of course, will get a chance to purchase those and uh, help us out here at the podcast. So, so. Do, you, do you want my wife to make something for that uh for that activity, maybe that blonde that we had last night, or maybe that uh, garlic mayo was pretty good. The garlic, some of that. garlic mayo was excellent. The flan was excellent. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we're gonna have to uh, have to put your wife in into service for the uh, podcast. She seemed more than willing to, although she thinks you're weird too. So hey, I, like yeah. I said, I like her a lot more. No, 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 not weird. Quirky. quirky, quirky. That's right. Quirky. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right, Kevin, you have anything else you want to add to this? I know it's a little bit of a shorter show, but uh, again, we're, we're, in, we're in preseason offseason mode here and uh, we're getting just before things are probably getting ready to break loose here. Uh, so uh, anything else you want to add to this? No, I think, you know, just, uh, pay attention the next week with all these transactions happening because uh, if Galaxy, they may not sign everybody that they're going to sign, but they're definitely going to tip their hand. For example, if they sign six goalkeepers, you know, they're not going to keep all six. So if they sign no forwards, you know, they're somewhere else forward. So uh, definitely we're going to get a much better picture over the next week well, or over the next two weeks of where the Galaxy are going to be, say, by Christmas and then where they're going to be by January 20th, 21st, whenever it is they start camp. Yep, it's going to happen fast. It's going to happen quickly. They're going to have to get a ton of bodies into camp, and uh, we'll see how all of that goes. All right, uh, Kevin, you good? You still driving? Everything's I'm good? good. All right. I Ke- am. I'm, I'm, in, I'm coming up to Cal State LA, which, as we all know, is where the, the uh, Cal, uh, LAFC training facility is going to be. I have to keep mentioning They're coming along. we got to get ready. They're coming along. <laughs> That's right. That's how it goes. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, you, of course, can find him on Twitter at KBaxter11, and please head over to the LA Times for all of his soccer coverage. All of his random sports coverage that he does as well, including drag racing on occasion. That was He, he enjoyed it, though, so it was fine. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and, of course, at Galaxy Podcast on Twitter. 
Uh, Instagram is at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com, where you can find all of our podcast stories. Everything else that you want to know about the LA Galaxy is right there on Corner of the Galaxy. Uh, Galaxy going to make some announcements coming up this week about the preseason schedule, so tune in for that. And, of course, there will be another show on Thursday night where I'll be joined by somebody I find. I have no idea who it's going to be yet, but we'll figure out somebody for Thursday and bring you another podcast. All right, for Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.